episode 11 of the podcast. The image for this show that will be posted on the news on the feed as well as the Instagram page, Peripatetic Podcast, is an elephant walking down the street of Saraha, Nepal, where I currently am. And this is a small town on the outskirts of Chitwan National Park. And when we first arrived here, we crossed a bridge to come into the town. And the first thing we saw crossing a bridge was a rhinoceros bathing in the river about 50 meters away. I picked this image of the elephant walking down the street because that's a common sight here. People will have elephants in their backyard just tied up, eating, eating hay, and then they'll exercise them in the morning. So you'll see them going out for walks, riding their elephant, and they're just part of traffic. There's motorbikes going around them, there's cars, horse-drawn carts. And so I try to post things that you would never see in the U.S., where most of this audience is, about 80% of the listeners so far are in the U.S. So yeah, I just that's really striking. And if you come here, you got to check that out. And apparently it's not uncommon to see rhinos in the streets of the town itself just walking around. And some locals showed me a video of them walking behind a rhino. Like, they get close to them. They're, they're used to them. It is, it's crazy to see. So with this episode, I'm going to do something a little different. Rather than these rambling streams of, like, just incoherent thoughts that the first 10 podcasts were, I'm going to try to focus them in a little bit, do a little research, and have themes going forward. So this week is something called hedonic adaptation, or the hedonic treadmill. And as a corollary to that, I'm going to use it to spout a few facts about Nepal's economy and standard of living. So hedonic adaptation, first of all, you need to define hedonism, which is basically seeking pleasure and avoiding suffering. And so we all have a baseline level of happiness. And whether something good or bad happens, we tend to return to that baseline. So for example, we're at that baseline and we buy a new car. For a little while, we're happier. We get a new cell phone. For a little while, we're happier. Um, we add a new comfort, like we remodel a part of our house or we add air conditioning or something like that. For a little while, we're happier. But then we return to that baseline. The human animal is extremely adaptable. And so you add a comfort and it's, all, it's great, adds to your life, but then you get used to it. And then it's really hard to go back. So that's what hedonic adaptation is. And Nepal is a giant, giant step off of the hedonic treadmill. And I'll, I'll talk about some concrete ways that it does that at the end. But first, I'm going to talk a little bit about the country itself and the economy of Nepal. So Nepal is made up of 26 million people, up to 30 million, depending on which census you look at. And culturally, it's super unique. And even superficially, it's got, it's very unique. I'm going to point out two ways that it is. Um, one is the flag. It's the only flag in the world, country flag in the world, that is not a rectangle. It's two triangles, one on top of the other. And it's, uh, it's got a blue border, red inside, with the sun and the moon drawn in it. And it's also the only time zone in the world 
Nepal is the only time zone in the world that doesn't end in an even hour or a half hour. So what I mean by that is Nepal is plus 5.45 to the Greenwich Mean Time, whereas most countries are plus 5 on the zero zero or plus 5.30, for example. Now talking numbers, the nominal per capita GDP is $919 per year, so less than $1,000. 15% of the population lives on $1.90 per day or less. So we're talking incredibly small numbers, incredibly small economy. And the currency is the Nepalese rupee, currently... 120 rupees per US dollar. And I'm going to tell you about some of the challenges facing the economy. So everyone knows Nepal is a a mountainous country. How mountainous? Well, it has eight of the 14 tallest mountains in an area. The entire area of Nepal is the size of New York State. So the size of one state, there's eight of the 14 tallest mountains 85% of the area is mountains. And to add to that challenge, so so imagine the roads. It's just crazy. Like the roads are constantly getting washed out by landslides. They're all on cliffs. They're super dangerous. They're not even always paved. And so the, the logistical challenges are enormous. And then on top of that, you need cars that can handle the elevation and... You know, there's usually just small villages, so you don't have gas stations everywhere. You definitely don't have mechanics. The the challenges logistically are enormous. And it's bounded on three sides to the west, south, and east by India, and then on the northern side by China. And the one on the... They have limited uh, crossings with India, and then there's a, there's a few in China, but again, you have the Himalayas up there, so it's like you're not driving over... Annapurna, for example, to get to China. So very limited um, trading through the northern border. And 70% of the imports do come from India, and 50% of the exports go to India. So that's a problem because India has extreme influence over the country. Um, Nepal is is sort of subservient to the wills of India because they, they have the ability to tariff imports and exports. Um, The second highest country they trade with export-wise is the U.S., which takes 11% of Nepal's exports. 70% of the workforce are engaged in agriculture, yet it provides only 31% of the GDP. So the the most popular profession is tourism, and 19% of the population works in it. That's, of course, hotels and Trekking, trekking guide is a very popular one, river rafting guide, drivers, this sort of thing. Again, I've, I don't edit these podcasts, but I, cut, I run it as a recording, a continuous recording. So I pause it and then listen back to what I just played. And I just listened to the recording so far and I made two errors. One was that I said 85% of the land is mountainous. It's actually 75%. And then I said that Tourism is the most popular profession. I meant to say it's the most profitable. It makes up 19% of the profession, and agriculture is 
the most popular at 70%. So uh, anyways, moving on, Nepal is, to, back to the concrete examples of how Nepal is a giant step off the hedonic treadmill. So some examples that I, I wrote down as I went through the week here. And again, this is for, I'm saying this for a Western audience, people who are used to getting in their car every day, driving on well-maintained roads, turning on the tap water, being able to drink it, and rely on certain public services that not everywhere in the world has. So this is what I wanted to, to talk about and bring attention to. So the first one is clean water. And you can't drink the tap water anywhere, municipal water anywhere in Nepal, because it's all tainted. It's not safe for drinking. It's not treated. And you're not even supposed to brush your teeth with it. So that's something to that we take for granted in the West a lot of times. Second is paved roads. A lot of times there's, if the roads are paved, they have giant potholes. They're very dirty. There's dust everywhere. And they're very hazardous. Um, so that's something to take for granted is well-maintained roads. Third on my list is 4G. They're still on the edge network here in Nepal for the most part, and I'm getting, I'm lucky if I get two megabits per second. It's a small thing, but again, it's, it's, these are what daily life is, and something to take, something we take for granted. Fourth on my list is stray dogs. There's no public service to do animal control here, so Everywhere you look, stray dogs roaming around, and that can be hazardous because they can spread diseases, they can steal food. You see them forming packs, and it can uh, it, it makes it a lot less pleasant to walk around when you're constantly looking out for dogs who might be nipping at your ankles, or um, it's just something you don't you don't think about until there's a lack of animal control. Fourth on my list, buildings. All the buildings here are concrete, so just pure concrete. There's no siding. The roof is concrete. They're just they're very simple. The electricity and the plumbing is very simple, and they don't do as well at insulating as homes in the West. And the last on my list is rolling electrical blackouts, so they don't have enough steady supply of electricity to constantly 24-7 provide electricity so they're it's not uncommon for the lights to just go out and everyone knows how to handle the restaurants know how to handle it because they're all on gas so their stoves continue to run their ovens continue to run and then they just bring out candles to the tables and everything continues on smoothly but um, yet another thing that we don't appreciate enough. This past week, I finished up my volunteering at the orphanage that I was at, and that's what got me thinking about all the previously mentioned topics because those kids are 8 to 16 years old, and they're taking on... Their lifestyle is just so much different than mine was at those ages, and the amount of responsibility that they take on they're farming their own food, they're cooking, they're cleaning, they're getting themselves to school and to bed. And 
it just uh, got me thinking about getting myself in their shoes in a way. And I uh, just wanted to share that with this audience. So I will finish with one story, and that was our Chitwan Adventures. Chitwan National Park is the giant national park that I'm near right now. And for $50, we hired two guides. You, you have to take two guides. And it gets you a one-hour canoe ride. You start in the morning, take a canoe for one hour down the river. You hop out. You do a four-hour trek. And as soon as we hopped out of the canoe, that's when they gave us our safety brief. So And it was very short. And he goes, all right, things we might see. We might see the rhinoceros. It's very dangerous. Kills many people every year. So be alert for that. If you see it, hope there's a tree nearby. Climb it. And you might be okay. And then he said, you might see bears. These are easy. Um, you hit them in the nose with a stick. If you see a, uh, what else was there? There was crocodiles. I don't think he even briefed those. The elephant. He said, if there's elephants, we're out of luck. Let's pray we don't see elephants. And... I can't remember, but it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, grim and pretty funny to like, it's like, what did we get ourselves into? And we did see rhinos. They weren't, they didn't see us. Everything was fine. Nothing crazy happened, but it was, uh, it was cool being really close to the wildlife like that. And then after you're done with the walk, you hop in a Jeep and you do a five hour safari on that. And from the Jeep, we saw lots of crocodiles. We saw a python. We saw, we did see an elephant and more tons of rhinos. I probably already said that. And, uh, yeah, it was a good time. So I highly recommend doing Chitwan. Very inexpensive for an entire day of action packed adventure. So I will close with, uh, this week. I suppose I have no choice, but to hijack an elephant and ride it deep into the Himalayas. From there, I'll learn Nepali, integrate into a local village, plant a vegetable garden, and build myself a coronavirus bunker. And I'll report back when all this has passed, probably around 2023 or so. So, done for now.